Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Pat Caputo along with the webmaster Evan Jenkins. Time for Boston Balls. And uh, we look at drafts, we look at prospects, we look at the future. And obviously the Tigers draft was this week. That's a big week for us on Bustin' Balls uh, because we go over the baseball draft like a nobody ever, and uh, at least not in this town. And the Tigers uh, shocked, I think, a lot of people by taking Max Clark third overall. Uh, didn't shock us because if you listen to our last podcast, uh, Evan asked me, and I said, well, the ideal pick for the Tigers would be Max Clark. And I've <laughs> talked about him for the last couple months uh for various reasons but first of all Evan, i i i I do want to put the draft baseball draft in perspective before we get into max clark since 1905 was the first year it was implemented in uh that time uh they've had well almost 60 drafts i don't know what number this was but it was it's getting pretty high if you took fell draft over the same period starting in 1965 and the NFL had its first merged draft in 1967 between the AFL and the NFL, which is basically what it is now. Uh, there have been two Hall of Fame baseball players taken third overall. Two. In the NFL draft, third overall, there have been 16. Yeah. So over a pretty big sample size, it tells you that there's an eight times better chance that you're going to get a Hall of Famer at third overall in the NFL than what you're going to get in the baseball draft. I think that sometimes uh, when it is not something that everybody will, you know follows the same way, and baseball is trying to get it that way after years of repressing actual information about its draft and who was taken, uh, it, it gets uh, put in the same category as the NFL draft, which is a huge, huge event, a national iconic wonderful day where almost 20 million people will watch the coverage all day to see the selections. It's a very different, though, dynamic in the impact it's going to have ultimately and immediately. So putting the NFL draft comparables into the major league draft makes no sense. The two Hall of Famers, by the way, played many years ago. Uh, they were teammates. Paul Molitor, who played at the University of Minnesota, and Ooh, Robin Yount. Oh, I was going to guess Yount as the second one. Oh, really? Yeah, even – well, only because I saw your tweet. I was going to cheat. Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> but even up until, what, just a couple years ago, 1-1 one, one went into the Hall of Fame for the first time. I think that was Ken Griffey Jr., right? And then Chipper Jones followed that up. 
Right. Uh, so, it, yeah, one, one, it's kind of the same percentage. And I would guess if you went to two, three, four, five, and you might uh, find more outliers a little bit uh, in that top 10 than what you would find if you did similar studies of the NFL. Sure. So I to put that into perspective for people and uh, because sometimes they don't understand this whole process. There's a lot more movements that can happen. They don't draft the guy. He shows up at their facility. He practices with them uh, in the offseason, shows up at training camp, and is in the lineup opening day. That doesn't happen. It's a process where you have to go through the minor leagues. And trying to judge college players uh, with high school players are two different things. And I think there's a a general perception that, oh, if you take a high school player, he's going to be behind the college player and not arrive in the major leagues as soon. not really true if it, if you if you get certain high school players. Yeah, so we we flash to this draft and uh, most of the narrative that uh, you know I've taken in reading online, listening to various hosts at ninety seven won the ticket is well you're not going to see this guy for a long time. That's not necessarily true when it comes down to Max Clark. Uh, you want a comparable? I don't know if you even remember this guy. Uh, it, it's an old school guy, but he, he was very much involved in the book Moneyball, if you read the book. And uh, he remind, he's three inches taller and much stronger, but he reminds me in his style of play. And he'll hit with more power probably, ultimately. I, I'm pretty sure he will. I mean, much better athlete in a certain way, but his style of play reminds me of Lenny Dykstra. That's, oh, you know, I tried to come up with nails. Yeah, I tried to come up with a comparison of what this guy looks like. Now, Lenny Dykstra couldn't throw. Max Clark has pitched and thrown 97 miles an hour. Max Clark runs a, you know, a six, sub 6'4", six, 60. He has, so that's close to world-class speed. He's a, they, they grade him 70 and 80 on a, on a scale. Rarely do you see a 70 runner. So if you pop him into the major leagues now, had him uh, go from first to third, uh, you would probably have somebody who was in the top 10 of base runners and maybe be right at the top. That's how fast he is. Uh, he could have been a, a star wide receiver. The fact he's from Indiana doesn't mean as much anymore because the training facilities up north are much better. You know, they practice inside. You know, They've got uh, instructors for hitting, pitching, everything now. Uh, somebody who's from suburban Indianapolis plays on a showcase tour. This guy's played against everybody uh, of note, and he's just thrived. And he's just a very intense athletic guy. Evan, if you go deep enough into looking at him uh, and you see his body, okay, because he shows himself working out sometimes. I don't know if you've seen any of that. Uh, He looks like an NFL player. He's built like an NFL player already. Uh, this is a grown man. Okay. So a kid that is taking his craft seriously. Oh, very seriously, very <laughs> intense. And he plays with a certain type of flair uh, that is interesting and entertaining. Uh, he's the, uh, you know, you hope he's as good a player as like uh, Alan Trammell, obviously a Hall of Famer, uh, but he plays with an opposite way. Alan Trammell was very understated in the way that he played. Riley Green's a little understated in the way that he plays, you know. Uh, you know, easy smile, easy going, and in that this kid's, you know, there's flair there. He can't help it. All right, when he makes a catch, everybody goes, "Ooh," you know, it's it's something that's a little bit different. Uh, he's very charismatic. 
and they passed on Wyatt Langford. All right. And I, and I, I sense just talking to you a little bit, we got on, you wanted Wyatt Langford, didn't you? So I did it first until I started looking and and I know I shouldn't do this, Pat, because it's just defeats itself, but I've been looking at like successful players who have come up through the Tigers farm system. And it seems like lately they've been high school kids. So that's why I was completely okay with the high school kids. Well, Riley Green was a fifth pick out of high school. Well, yeah, uh, you look at Colt Keith that I know he was a fifth round guy, but I mean, even I think wasn't Matt Manning. He was a pitcher out of high school and right. see these guys come up. Well, pitchers and, are different than hitters. So it's, you know, different to quantify. Sure. But that I think that's why I was okay with the high school kid. And I'm also, I don't need them to be rushed up by any means. I don't need to see this player play in the old English D tomorrow. I'm okay with the progression. 100%. Well, his progression, I think, is going to be fast. Because he's a, a, a position player, I believe they'll sign him and they'll play him. So he'll yeah. make his debut this summer. It won't be like he shut down for the whole summer, which they would do if he were a, a college pitcher or even a high school pitcher, and you, would, you wouldn't see him play. So you'll see him play uh, relatively early. His clock uh, to get prepared will start soon. He'll, you know, my guess then, is they'll go ahead. I wanted to ask you about that. And just, just to clarify for anybody that may be confused by this, he is taking the contract. Like he's not going to Vanderbilt, correct? Well, no, there, there's no way he's going to pass up that amount of money. Yeah. It's like $7.4 million. I think I saw, which right, was a lot for the fourth player, not the third player. So they got him a little bit cheaper, but he's not going to college. He's going straight to the pros, to the AKA show, the mini show. Yeah, because if he went to Vanderbilt, uh, he would be playing. And if he uh, did well after three years, uh, the amount of money he would get, even if he were the first overall pick, would be a minimal raise from what he's going to get now. And if if he is really good, and he is, I think, he's got a chance to be in the major leagues and starting his service clock in the major leagues at 20 or 21. And uh, that'll precipitate more than make up for whatever he's getting. So the chances of him not going to Vanderbilt are basically nil. Okay. I just wanted to double check and to clarify that because, yeah, when you – so you mentioned him working out and stuff, so I wanted to go see his social media. This kid is already a pretty big star, Pat. He's got 355,000 followers on Instagram. That's kind of crazy for a high school baseball player. Yeah, it is. You know, he's charismatic. And mm-hmm. it was interesting draft for the Tigers uh, from the standpoint that uh, their first picks were all northern states, position players. Uh, traditionally, uh, baseball, they'll take players from Michigan hoping they get big, strong, fresh arms. It's been a long time uh, since the Midwest. Uh, has had players that are taken or even on the East Coast out of high school uh, that were position players, uh, but that's changed. Uh, the second pick, uh, McGonnelly, and I think I'm trouble pronouncing his name, uh, from uh, suburban Philadelphia, Delco County. Stoney even knows where that's at. It's almost oh, a yeah. Delco kid. Uh, is uh, somebody who is going to go to Auburn. Uh, again, he's likely going to sign. Uh, the, he's going to get a big check, you know, that he's, he, there's no way he's going to turn that down, I think. 
that's one of the reasons that you take somebody like Clark, save that extra $560,000, $70,000, and then sign a kid later. Uh, that's the, the whole thought process behind uh, slotting things differently. Uh, he is a very good left-handed hitter. Uh, great swing. I mean, bat-to-ball skills look outstanding. Uh, not anywhere near the type of athlete that Max Clark is. He's a couple inches shorter. Uh, runs okay, just okay. Uh, projectable as a second baseman, I think, more than a shortstop, ultimately. Uh, once you're talking about Major League Baseball. and uh, But somebody that, uh, if he were in the SEC, he'd probably be if This is in uh, his uh, perfect game numbers, you know, perfect game showcase circuit. Uh, th- he had incredibly good numbers against top-line high school players, not just in his suburban Philly area. And a uh, big-time program like Auburn wanted him. And, you know, he's, he, he was a good draft pick there, good value. Um, a little torn on Max Anderson, who they took second uh, it, it from Nebraska in the second round. Uh, he is somebody that, uh, when he came out of high school, was one of those guys who was like way down the list. Uh, you know, third best player maybe in uh, Nebraska, which isn't like a high school baseball uh, paradise. A skinny kid, you know, and he, he ran slow. You know, sixty-yard dash times over seven. You know, and if you if you've ever seen uh, baseball players run the sixty yard dash, and I've seen it multiple times when I covered instructional league, they line them up on, on an outfield, you know, grass, and have them run sixty yards. That's it. And I swear to you, Evan, like every one of those guys, they, they click the clock seven flat, seven flat, seven flat. And then when you get somebody that runs six eight, which is like what they consider the major league average, you know, it's kind of like you know you can see the. Uh, just kind of get happy about that. You see somebody who rips out a six five or something. Uh, especially this, he's below average with that. His speed is below average. Uh, he played second base. He was shortstop like everybody else in high school, uh, but he played second base. I don't see him as a major league second baseman. He's gotten big and strong. He's hit some home runs, and everything with Max Anderson, everything's going to be based on the hit tool. But yeah, uh, it's going to be hard to find. Him. Just this morning, Pat, and and the knock on him was, I guess, they they believed his power was going to decrease with a wooden bat because the percentage wasn't there for home runs to at bats or whatever it might have been with the aluminum. I don't well, know what it is is the fly ball rate. That's it. Okay. You know, if you hit a bunch of fly ball home runs that don't have high velox exit velocity, that's a projection that if you use the wood bat, it wouldn't be. Okay. And I don't know. You want me to give my big speech about how colleges should be using wood bats and baseball should be supplementing it so they could scout kids like Mac Anderson better? Well, I think I was actually going to ask that as the last question, but since you got into it, um, college sports are big money. Football teams bring in big money, basketball teams bring in big money. I know the thing has always been they don't use wooden bats because it costs too much money. Well, what are we doing here? Cause I think you're, you're personally, you're stunting your own players chance of going to play professional sports. Like, could you imagine a basketball player using like a, a woman's ball in college or playing on a nine and a half foot rim and then going pro and having to use a 10 foot rim or a football while well, football is a little bit smaller than a pro ball, but it, it's just so crazy to me that they use a completely different instrument to hit a baseball from one level to the other. 
Uh, it, it goes back to baseball having its head buried in the sand. Uh, baseball, like I said, uh, I used to do Baseball America. I did it for like the first 20 years of my career. Uh, it had three cover stories, all this, but mostly it was covering the Tigers and their organization. Every other week I had to turn that thing in, including on my honeymoon, which was kind of weird. You know, <laughs> Tom Gamboa, you know, who appeared in Moneyball as Martinez the Scout, you know, on my honeymoon, like, hey, Tom, what's going on in the instructional league? Uh, uh, I'm on my honeymoon in Montreal. Yeah, sorry, but, honey. Some low wave yeah, ball player yeah. just got a double. <laughs> you know, so uh, it, 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 it is just totally ridiculous. The draft would come and they would announce the first round. And this wasn't that long ago, Evan. I mean, not that long ago. I don't know the exact date they stopped doing this. But it was after I stopped doing the Baseball America stuff, I think, you know, which was like 2005. My last story was a cover story on Verlander uh, oh, okay. after the Futures game at Comerica Park when I finally said I had enough of every other week for 20 years. Uh, and it, it wasn't a high-paying gig, let me put it that way. <laughs> but the, uh, the uh, situation with this, you know, is ridiculous. It is. They they they've always like like the nobody knows who are these uh, the college coaches. So the baseball people thought that they didn't want to give the colleges tips on players they were scouting. All right. Now these days, you think about it, totally ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I, I I've watched all these high school kids on the I follow a number of different websites or services, and uh, I can watch you know high school baseball till my you know head explodes. And watch these top prospects, in addition to every college game being basically on uh, one way or another. So uh, in the process of this, they've lost what should be their feeder program. It should be like it is in the NFL. NFL doesn't have to have huge farm systems. They don't have any farm system. No, they have one. What is it? I don't know. What is, what is their farm system? I think it's just college football for college NFL. football. I mean, that's it. It's it's the 120 some odd teams and get the hockey. best of the best. Hockey. hockey. Well, hockey is the best one in my opinion. Well, they got they got their cake and eat it too. They go to college and play, and then they put them in their farm system, and they have well, Red Wings have two farm teams. Yeah. All right, and uh, you know that that incorporates like 40 players or something. Not all the players that are in the Tigers farm system. NBA has done, do, done a great job with this. The Pistons in particular got to give them credit. Having the G League right across the street uh, from their practice facility is a very good thing. That's awesome. And, yeah. yeah, it is. And uh, that will help them ultimately. Baseball. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, this, like, they'll spend $3 million to sign some, you know, half-ass infielder. Right. Uh, free agency, a team who will play for the team maybe half the year. And then, you know, for $3 million, they could provide the, the whole thing, colleges with bats. Now, some would say there's a safety issue with wood bats. Because if they break, they can cause some problems. Right, don't give them cheap bats. Give them good bats. Okay, well, it's a safety all. issue of that baseball coming off that aluminum bat as fast as it exactly. does. Exactly. And they toned those aluminum bats down, but they're still like that. So it doesn't make any sense. It made it hard to project Spencer Torkelson. And they do have uh, college leagues that use wood bats. Uh, yeah, the Cape Cod leagues and stuff like that. Yeah, there's one that, you know that's in the Midwest called the Northwoods League. And there's a team that plays with college players over in Royal Oak, uh, Mark Sackett, whose father used to be a coach at Seahome. Is that the, like, off of uh, Woodward there? Yeah, 13 Mile. Uh, yeah, okay. they, they finally you know, figured out a way to make a fence around the thing. We, I remember playing in the state tournament there. And they had a fence that went straight across, and then there was no fence in right field because they have a softball field coming that way. But it's a, you know, a very iconic place. They put field turf on it, and it's very nice. But that, if you look at these players, I mean, you'll look at the, if you go to Baseball Reference, you'll see their summer league stats, and it's very limited. It's impossible to really tell what they did. So, uh, and a lot of times they don't hit with as much power. But you can say, well, he only had fifty at bats or something in the Cape Cod League, or you know, some of the leagues out in California, the Northwoods League. So, it's it's very difficult to project college hitters. Why Langford? You know, uh, was a very good athlete in high school, all-around athlete, and uh, came to Florida. You know, top program, didn't play much, and developed into quite a hitter. But is he quite a hitter with a wood bat? And he's got pretty good tools, and he may end up being a big power guy. That's if they passed on Clark, uh, passed on him for Clark, and he ends up being a big power hitter. You know, there'll be that uh, comparison of, well, why did they take the high school kid? But it's sure. not like it is in the NFL where you look at, hey, you know what? They passed on Aaron Donald, you know, and you're not going to know for a while. No, and I mean, half the time, even if you go back and people are like, look at all these teams that that didn't draft Mike Trout. Well, Trout went in the 20s, okay? Like, I mean, plenty of teams passed on Mike Trout. And not even did the Angels know that they were getting Mike Trout when they got Mike Trout. You know what I mean? So it, it's all a developmental thing, but I think that's – personally why I love the sport of baseball because it, it's it's seemingly like with some of these guys like overnight it just clicks for them right and and it's so cool to see like even like you know Riley Green he gets he gets hurt he goes down he goes to Toledo he has to cover off the baseball Pat you and I know Riley Green in AAA he's probably a 400 hitter he's the guy's phenomenal but then he comes up to the bigs and, and he, he's able to transfer that. And that's what we want to see. I mean, how has Colt Keith performed? I know he started off red hot, 
but how has he performed after the first couple games? Oh, Cole Keith has just picked up where he left off. It's amazing, Hattie, right? Hit a home run, and and again, that's that's the idea of projectable uh, slots. He was an outlier because he was in the 2022 draft, and there was five rounds and five rounds, yeah. and, the, and the Tigers had an extra pick, and he was a six pick, and they signed him away from uh, college for five hundred thirty-eight thousand dollars. That was all his bonus was. It could have got me away from college for that kind of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the way it works. <laughs> I know, but he's going to make way more in the end game because of right. it. And the only reason I bring that up is because that's another high school kid who has not been rushed by any means. Not, I mean, A.J. Hinch has handled him with kid gloves, and I applaud him for it because there's no reason to rush him up right this second. Now, you know, two weeks from the, down the road, it might be a different story. But you see that progression with a high school kid just a couple years ago to understand that the coaching staff, it seems like they know how to handle these young men. And that's what I'm excited for. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they develop him, uh, what they do. But I would say this about Max Clark and uh, is that I think he's fairly advanced. I don't think it's going to be a situation where they're going to have to retool his swing. Like when they got man Manning, for example, a pitch, uh, they, they, retooled everything that he was doing his first year in professional baseball. And then after he had success at double a, because the way he pitches wasn't going to necessarily pitch up to the major leagues. Uh, they retooled again and had him stop throwing the ball on a downward angle, more on a straight angle to combat the uh, upward swings that hitters are using now. And he's really gotten good at it. And they've worked on his extension. Why is Matt Manning so good? Because his extension, you know, where he's throwing the ball is closer to the plate, uh, where he's releasing it in the travel time, uh, far less than other pitchers. He's in the top 3%, according to uh, Baseball Savant. And look, that uh, it tells you he's thrown for a shorter distance, basically. And that's why – and he's thrown on a flat plane. That's why his fastball will be like 94, but it'll be playing at 97, 98. And he, they tightened up his curveball. He used to have a big 12-6 breaking ball. I thought it was great. But uh, the way it plays in the major leagues is different. They wanted something that was more controllable. And he can still drop that thing in there once in a while if he wants to use it. But uh, it, it's very different, you know, how you play at the major leagues to how you play at the uh, other levels. And I think that's you know, one of the things that comes up in this particular situation. Uh, how does it project? And uh, with Max Clark, uh, I said this, uh, I had him as a top position player on my board. I would have, if I had the first pick and I were drafting for the Pirates, I would have taken Skeens in two seconds. All right. I couldn't have run up there fast enough because I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. Kids electric. Well, it's, it's, it's freakish. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, you ever see the movie Jack Reacher? Yeah. Okay, not the ones with Tom Cruise, the ones with the guy that replaced him that's all muscled up and everything. Yeah. Alan, whatever his name is. Paul Skeens reminds me of him. You know, it's like, hey, you're going to come and beat me. I'm going to take out the first guy, the leader. Then I'm going to take out the next two. The other two are going to run. You know, this dude, that's what he's like. He's, he's a freak, a unicorn. 
you know, and he's got a fresh arm because he was a position player and all that. So I would have taken him, but I know it's not something that other people, you know, thought. And Cruz did go number two, but I would have taken Max Clark there. That's just, and and I very well could be wrong just simply because it's the baseball draft. But the only thing I would say about the narrative uh, coming from those who, hey, they're in a position where they're commenting about the Tigers draft and may not follow it like I do and maybe some others, uh, is that uh, the idea that he's a high school kid, uh, you know, is is not true. The last third overall pick in the uh, draft uh, to have a career war above 20 uh, was a high school kid. Do you know who that is? Since 2006. 2000, like Alex Manny Brecht. Machado. Manny Machado. Manny. Good player. Manny. Yeah. You know, career war 53. Eric Howe was a third overall pick. Doesn't have the greatest war. Um, and Evan Longoria was a college kid who was a third overall pick. So if you go all the history of the third overall picks, there have been five or six players that have been really, really good major leaguers, you know, or Hall of Famers. I mentioned Yount and Molitor. Uh, Matt Williams was a college kid. He was very good. Troy Gloss had a pretty good career war. College kid, UCLA. Lonnie Smith uh, was a very good player for many years. Uh, you know, notable for some of the things he did uh, in Atlanta and Philly uh, from back in the day. And uh, you have Machado and, uh, you know, Evan Longoria. So th- that's what you get. And then the rest of the players, you know, are pretty far down the list. I mean, there's a lot of players who didn't even play in the major leagues. And uh, so it's not like some kind of given. There have been a few picks. Uh, Ian Anderson really helped Atlanta uh, for a couple years there as a pitcher. He yep. was taken third overall, but he's, you know, like a lot of pitchers, he's kind of in the, oh, his arm is sore now. But uh, they wouldn't have won uh, as much as they did uh, for a couple of years there without him, yeah, especially in the postseason. He was very good in the postseason. But that's the way uh, the third overall pick goes in the draft. And also, just to look at a couple more players uh, that are uh, interesting here, taken by the Tigers uh, before we go in here. Uh, Paul Wilson. Uh, I thought that was a very good pick by them, and hopefully, uh, for sake, they're able to sign him away from Oregon State, which is a top-line program. Uh, his father, Trevor Wilson, was a major league pitcher, so he's got the bloodlines. Uh, interesting looking at him. Uh, he's tall, you know, a good 6'3", 6'4", a little loosey-goosey with his motion because he's a little bit taller and he's got a lot of arm angle, and his body hasn't developed yet. You know, it's – He's big, but he's not going to be like he is after he trains as a man. Right. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. He commands the baseball. I think he could be somebody uh, that could end up being a major league starter and certainly could be somebody who projects in the bullpen. But he's a lefty with a good arm. Good. He's got great arm. I mean, he throws in the, you know, he hits the mid 90s. Uh, but I like him a lot. And he was very good. Pitches in Oregon. He should have a pretty fresh arm and a, and a father who probably took care of the arm. Uh, because he knew uh, all the ins and outs in it. Exactly. Um, and uh, also, uh, Carson Rucker is an interesting uh, player. Uh, he wasn't out on the showcases, uh, but uh, by far the best player in the state of Tennessee, uh, signed with Tennessee, which is a big-time program. And uh, interesting, you know, looking at him. I mean, he's skinny, 
Uh, but big, it looks like he's going to fill out, play shortstop like a lot of these guys, runs well uh, on the things that I was able to find on him. Uh, again, but hasn't seen some of the top pitching, and it's going to be about the uh, hit tool. Also in the eighth round, they took a pitcher named Diaz, uh, who uh, didn't even play high school baseball, came over from the Dominican Republic, and uh, but is eligible for the draft because he's in America. Right. And uh, I guess uh, he wasn't – he couldn't play on his high school team. You know, I watched the uh, video of the Tigers talking about it, uh, it was kind of interesting, uh, but that pick right there, you know, that's like if if he hits, that's like one of those ultimate baseball finds. And I did want to say something about the draft. Uh, Terry Scoob was a 10th round pick who had Tommy John surgery, former top 50 prospect. Uh, Jason Foley, who was part of the combined no hitter, he pitched at a, a school, I think it was called Sacred Heart College in, in New York State. And so I don't even, I think it's an NAIA school, something like that, you know, like Rochester, U or, you know, Lawrence Tech or something. Had an ERA of almost five. Wasn't drafted. And was signed by the Tigers after they scouted him, you know, playing, uh, I don't know, I guess you could call it sandlot baseball. And because he threw like 100 miles an hour and touched it on the gun. Look at what he is now. And look at all the things that he went through to get that way. You know, he's had arm injury, Tommy. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So that'll tell you something about the way this works. Bo Brisky, small school kid, electric arm. Well, hell, look at Reese Olsen, who wasn't performing very well at all in the minors, came up, and he ended up playing pretty darn well. Well, it's another example, and he's got – and Wilmer uh, Flores, who's kind of struggled a little bit and is figuring it out right now, he wasn't even taken in that – 2020 draft and he couldn't have been signed for more than 20,000. All right. Yeah. And he juxtaposed it with big time college pitchers like Alex Lang. He's gone. He went through living heck to become Alex Lang because he, you know, he had a really, really bad year and they were looking to unload him and they just gave him to the Tigers when Tigers couldn't get anything for Nick Castellanos. And you look at somebody like uh, Madden, who's a double A struggling, you know, to try to figure it out after they changed his delivery from over the top to three quarters. He was a second round pick out of the University of Texas and a big time college pitcher. So it's it's not a process at all uh, that goes in a linear fashion, Evan. It really isn't. It goes up and down and up and down. Uh, You remember Matt Miller, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, pick from North Carolina, big, tall lefty, right? And he traded him in the Miggy deal, right? Uh, Andrew Our, Miller. Andrew Miller. I'm sorry, I called him Matt Miller. Andrew Miller. My bad. So Andrew Miller, I'm sitting in the press box one day, and Toledo, for whatever reason, is playing their game at 10 o'clock in the morning. It was probably a Thursday or, a, you know. A, yeah, they Sunday. do it every once in a while. It's weird. Yeah, they play yeah. like at 10 o'clock in the morning. And they're playing Pawtucket. And uh, this is just uh, when the, uh, the MILB app came up, and, uh, and uh, the minor league baseball one. And, uh, you know me, man. I'm sitting there on this thing going, wow, man, this is like a kid in a candy store. I'm watching the Toledo game. And Andrew Miller's pitching for Paul Tuckett. He's walking guys. And I'm like, wow, man, Andrew Miller's, like, going to really flame out here. He's never going to be anything. Like two years later, he was able to pitch as there was in major league baseball. 
Yeah, he was one of the best lefty relievers that you could bring out of the pen, period. Oh, what he, he did between, for Cleveland that one year was unbelievable. Couple years. And yeah. he changed a lot of the concern. He was like the first leverage guy where it didn't matter if you came out and closed. They put you in in the, in the situation, Cleveland, a very analytics-based organization. Oh, yeah, remember in the World Series they, how criticized they were because how early they brought him into the game? Yes. <laughs> and, you know, but he was their best pitcher, and they, he put out fires, and he carried that team. He was as valuable as any pitcher in baseball, and he changed uh, to a degree the way uh, relievers are used because it wasn't just a theory. It was a theory applied. But a, a couple of years before that, his career was basically done. So with baseball players, you got to kind of look at it that way a little bit more than people do. Oh, and by the way, Pat, just to let you know, you nailed it. Wilmer Flores got $20,000. Well, it's all you can get. He yeah. couldn't get any more than that. Yeah, he got twenty k. Twenty k, yeah. The, 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 after that, players who weren't drafted, the most they could sign for that year was 20000 so Jeez. a lot of players kind of got messed up with that particular year. And it made it more difficult this year because it's three years down the road. They, the kids that are drafted out of college now, yeah, they were high school players, and a lot of their seasons got canceled then. So that's added to the complexity of this draft. Well, like, for instance, you remember the name Mark Appel or Appel? How yeah. would you say it? Mark Appel. So at first, in 2009, he was drafted by the Tigers in the 15th round. Then in right, 12, uh, he went round to the Pirates, eighth overall. Then the following year, he went first overall to the Houston Astros, and he has co pitched a combined 10 innings in his major league career. Well, I've seen him pitch like in AAA games. Uh, I don't. I think a lot of people accuse Houston of taking uh, players like that and then not wanting to sign them and then mm -hmm. trying to use their slot pool money on players later. Uh, and one year they actually they missed on Brady Aiken at first overall as well. That's yep. another name. But the one player they took and everybody said, well, they're just doing that to underslot the value, and they're doing it again was Carlos Correa. Oh, I know. They they ended up doing very well with their drafting. I'm just saying that's no, a guy no, that, just, that was one more. Game. They were playing a game. God, what was that other guy's name from the Yankees? Was it Jordan or something? He was Brian Taylor. To. Brian Taylor, he was supposed to be all world, and that guy never amounted to anything. And that just proves to your point even more of how big of a crapshoot it is. Well, how about Matt Bush? Oh, you know, geez. Bush, yeah, the pitcher for the Rangers, right? Yeah, he was taken in the uh, the first overall pick the year the Tigers took Justin Verlander second. Yeah. And then he had all these issues, you know, were off the field, drug issues, all these things. Well, it didn't look like this, and all of a sudden pops up as a key bullpen piece for mayors uh, after he straightens out his act. Josh Hamilton. Yeah, he's a prime. That's the one I was going to bring up. I mean, he flamed out so bad, came back and became one of the best baseball players in baseball. He was an MVP. And the Tigers, and I, you know, I knew Bill LaJoy, the general manager, very well. Uh, Back when I was covering the team, and people said, I, you know, I, I talked to him for hours about things. But, you know, they, he had those drafts where he took Lou Whitaker in the fourth round, Jack Morris in the fifth round, uh, Trammell uh, in the first round, but, you know, or second round, but relatively late. 
uh, you know, it's like 28th pick overall, Lance Parrish, you know, all these great draft picks. But the one year the Tigers in that time frame had the uh, second overall pick in the draft, they took a left-hander named Pat Underwood. So they got all these great players like Petrie, Parrish, all these other guys, right. you know, and, the, and their first round pick was bad. And then they had a pick about that time uh, named Kevin Richards from Wyandotte uh, Roosevelt High School, I believe, that they took fifth overall. So they got all these guys later rounds that ended up being like Hall of Famers or borderline Hall of Famers and did all these things. And the two times that they had picks in the top five, they, they weren't guys that panned out. Yeah, Underwood played four seasons for the Tigers. Yeah, but look at his numbers. It wasn't, you know, his brother Tom was a better pitcher. pitcher yeah, no, he was. I mean, oh, he never had a whip under one two seven. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he had arm issues, things like that. So what I'm telling, the baseball draft has gotten more precise since then. It was still a relatively new thing. Right, but, and they didn't have all this technology to break it down. It was the old scout, Smokey, you know, like that scout on the West Coast for the Tigers. Uh, this guy named Dick Winsick, you know, uh, Rich Trammell, Petrie, and he's the one who looked at uh, Jack Morris pitching against Arizona State against the first overall pick in the draft, Floyd Bannister, and came back and said he's better than Bannister. And Morris had an ERA of like five in college. Oh, what a great sport, Pat. It really, well, really it's different. It's different. It's I always find it to be fascinating to look at it. I know to a lot of folks, it's like, you know, but hopefully uh, with this uh, podcast, we give you a little bit of insight on what's happening. So enjoyed it. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Don't forget uh, to like us, download us on uh, Apple iTunes store, Google Play store odyssey.com check it out i embed these in the columns that i write uh, as well yep. for 97 won the ticket and uh the column on the tires don't forget to read my my work here i've been writing quite a bit here lately so uh always enjoyed uh doing that and always appreciate you very much and appreciate you evan very much thank you hey right back at you pat i appreciate it man you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.